This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Good and Talk back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our TGT podcast, our weekly show in which we break down the week's events in the world of Arsenal and react, of course, heavily and breaking down the last Arsenal game in which we finally picked up three points. I hope you're doing good and well if you're joining us live and if you're watching us on Catch Up, I hope that you enjoy the next hour of Arsenal chat. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on. And before I introduce you, introduce to you my guests, please do go check out the Arsenal way if you aren't already uh, as part of my new role over at Reach and working closely with the guys at football.london. Uh, we're, launch- we're launching a brand new YouTube channel which is going to be containing a lot more content. Don't worry, the first question will be, is this changing? No, nothing with TGT is changing. It is extra stuff. It's completely separate. We're going to have lots of insight into the world of Arsenal, some fun videos as well, speaking to to fans, doing phone-in shows, podcasts, even stuff in real life. Believe it or not, real life does exist beyond the walls of of a podcast. So uh, make sure you check it out. Link is in the description and go subscribe to it. But now let me introduce you my guests of the day. I mean, of all the people that I've stopped watching kind of a lot of European football because of my association with a lot of work. But I know for a fact this man has watched the Irish League and specifically is now trying himself to organise the Northern Irish Super League. Owen, how are you doing, mate? How is the the organisation of the the NISL going? I'll not even play along with this joke because the fact is at this point I've almost given up on watching the Arsenal so um, to bring myself <laughs> to be let down by any other football team would be an absolute nightmare but no it's a pleasure to be on as always do you want to know what I love about your podcast buddy is that it, gives, it, 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 it gives me a little respite from the craziness that is the Gooders podcast and, and our own podcast it gets a little mm. hectic over there so it's nice to come over here and talk a little sense with, with knowledgeable people yeah, and I mean, for that reason, I made the absolute surety that you would be joined by a top quality and in-the-know guest of a, you know, a, a, a pet domestic home variety, and we're joined by him. How you doing, Mike? You are. 
Ian, you can't get away from me, my man. My man. <laughs> it's the Gooners Pod taking over the Gooner Talk TV. TGP takes over TGT. This is the Bundesliga, the Austrian Bundesliga cast, right? Because I, I came, mean, I I studied up. I watched all the games in bed. I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we have your co-host on more on this channel than you have him on your channel now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, I mean. You, to, if you love someone, set them free. And, they, and he clearly doesn't want anything to have to do with the, old, like the, with the podcast time, he created anymore. The next so. time you're going to see each other is going to be at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's virtually, yeah. I I, uh, I tried to FaceTime him the other day, Andy, and, and he just he just rejected the call because he's like, he's like, I don't. Looks at it. I've moved on to selling uh, popsicles now is apparently his newest thing. Uh, Anyway, it's good to have you boys on. We will be joined by French uh, shortly. He's running a little bit late, um, but we're going to get straight on with things and react to Arsenal's what I described in a piece as an unconvincing win, which I got untold stick for being a negative Nelly. Oh, God. <laughs> Always with that, Tom. You got to, oh, you know. Just, I'm such a, a toxic person. <laughs> toxic is the word. Mike, how did you make of our uh, less than convincing performance? <laughs> it was it was less than convincing, but you know what? I didn't need to be overly convinced. <laughs> I just needed to see a win. Yeah. Um, Owen and I actually watched the game together, which was which was kind of nice. Um, you know, I won't go any further into what we did than that, but um, but you know, it, it just the bar was very has been very low at this point. Let's put it that way, uh, and I don't mean the bar that I was sitting at when I was watching the game. I mean the the bar of Arsenal success. So any win was going to be fine with me. Uh, it, the confidence is at an all-time low, both from fans and apparently from players. And we just needed to be able to see that the team could get something done in a game where we would have fully expected to win no matter what against a team like Norwich. But those are the games that we've kind of stuck our foot in our mouths in previous years, haven't gotten it done. And so globally, as I look at, you know, Arsenal overall, uh, am I, you know, Am I thinking that everything's fine and that we're we're back to you know whatever it was that we are thinking that we can get back to? No, but you know, as you, if you saw our podcast afterwards and and uh, and the post game show that 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 we did, I mean, I'm happy in the moment. Now that we're a couple of days away from it, you can start looking at some of the things and saying, "This is what we need to improve upon at Burnley." If we don't, we're going to set ourselves up for, you know, being right back where we were before after a miserable game against Spurs a week later. So we have to build on this. And what we do next week, I think, is going to tell us whether this is a trend or whether this was just a one-off like West Brom's B team against a team that really had no business playing in the Premier League. I love the fact that that game enabled Aubameyang to now be as a striker. It's described as having more goals this season than both Ronaldo and Lukaku. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just the truth. It's fact. You can't disagree with it. It's just the situation we find ourselves it in. It is. There's no, there's, no, there's no nuance or context to that whatsoever. It's just, it no. is what it is. No, there isn't. Owen, obviously your raw reactions to the game. Are you as relieved as Mike to, to get the three points under our belt? Um, I think it was. I seen a. You comment. sounded different. Are you not? You not pleased? <laughs> no, I am absolutely. I am pleased. But uh, I seen a comment. Um, I think it was under uh, the Arsh cast that was released earlier, and it was somebody said that this looked like what it was. It was twentieth against nineteenth place, and that that is essentially what it looked like. Um, there was some improvements um, tactically that I'd seen, but 
I also mentioned on, on our podcast afterwards that my concern would be the reason that I'm sort of putting my foot in the brake and, and just waiting to see how this pans out is simply because I think that naturally if you replace personnel with higher quali- quality players, if you replace players on a weekly, like from what we've seen last time, to see Ben White and Gabrielle coming in, Lukonga back into the midfield, um, I think that you're naturally going to see improvement in performance because the quality of the individuals are better. Um, but in saying that, there were some uh, some tactical uh, adjustments that that couldn't have been coincidental. Uh, the orchestrated press was absolutely brilliant. I thought at times, um, you know, when people say press, people automatically just think it's all about effort and having to run and close down the football, which it isn't. It has to be coordinated. There has to be organisation. And to me, the that was quite obvious that that had happened, the high line being played, but all little things that we can dive into more detail later. But look, like I said, I'm not getting carried away. Um, my stance hasn't changed on the fact that I think that Mikel Arteta probably eventually won't be the right man for the job. But as Mike said, if you support a football team and you can't be happy after a victory, um, I don't know what you're supporting them for. And for me, what this for, for me, what this uh, this was is that there's a thing in boxing a lot of the time you see if 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 even one of the most famous boxers in the world come off a loss they often go and have quite an easy fight as a tune-up fight just to get the confidence back and for me just to break that duck and get her get that monkey off her back of uh, thanks mike um, double yeah d- double bell i'm not um, so sure about the second uh, one but i gave yeah, it j- but just to get that over us, to get that pressure off, I think You're that's the reason you were nerves. seeing the nerves. <laughs> yeah, you were seeing the nerves. And something, the last point I'll make is, it's really funny. And I'm sorry for using fight analogies so much here, okay? But At least they're not like construction <laughs> analogies like we normally yeah, get Yeah, I'm moving you. on, man. I got, I got enough of a ripping for that. But uh, <laughs> no, like, like when I watch, say, Conor McGregor fight in the UFC in the early days, I always mm. used to panic and always used to have anxiety watching because... Uh, the circumstances of a mistake, the the implications of making a mistake were so high. All it took was one punch to knock him out. And for me, I had the same thing with Arsenal, where during the match, my anxiety levels were through the roof. But after re-watching it back, we were relatively in control for the majority of the game, as much as you possibly can be, um, I think. I think. You think? (laughs) I mean, look, the the goal we scored was not particularly impressive although the pass that led to it was uh but you know it was it wasn't a beautiful goal but there were a lot of beautiful chances that we didn't convince so when you take it over 90 minutes um we dominated them and we got the result it wasn't the way that it should have come or to the extent that it could have been but we were the better team this wasn't a smash and grab and we're you know papering over the cracks there's still cracks i don't think anyone's papered over them but uh but a win helps and it gets the confidence up, and and you know where you will learn about where this team is truly mm. is in two weeks. It's not even oh, next yeah. week. It's in two weeks. Oh, we'll man. know one way or the other whether this team is actually, you know, fractured and falling apart, or whether we really are just digging out of having dealt with a lot of injuries and and rotation and forced uh, substitutions and formations mm-hmm. in the first three games that uh, you know that led us to that record. So. Let's bring in our fourth member of our podcast this evening, French. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? Yeah, all good, man. How are you guys doing? Very well, mate. Very What's up, well. French? Good to see you. Yeah, it's been a little while, guys. It's been a little while. It's good to be back with you guys and, uh, yeah, discussing the, the good old Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your reactions to yesterday's game, mate. Um, Well, 
We didn't play I yesterday. I'm happy with the team. I was happy with Damn. the team. <laughs> Saturday's game. Oh, my head's so cold. Owen knew, I, Owen knew yeah. I was going to go I there. I knew it was coming. Andy says I'm like a trout. Like You just you, you put the line out there, and I can't help but bite. I think Tom's just been working for like two days straight. Probably hasn't slept. It's just blurring into one big Arsenal game for him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the game was the game for me. The way I saw it, I liked the team straight away. When you saw that lineup, it was like, okay, there's some new names. It's mostly quite young. Um, it's it's refreshed. He put he 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 made a lot of simple but still fairly brave decisions. Um, to bring in Ramsdale and drop Leno was pretty huge, I think. And, and I mean, that just kind of says what it's going to be now. People were questioning, oh, is he going to, do we spend 24 M's on a backup? And obviously that's not going to be the case. Um, the pairing of Lokonga and Maitland-Niles, obviously we, we kind of hope to see party, but seeing Lokonga in there was nice. Um, and also Gabriel and Ben White. I think all of those, all those signings, all those um, signings and selections were, Kind of straightforward and the obvious thing but there was obviously a temptation to probably stick to the more known quantities in a game that was really important for him so i like the team um when i saw them play i thought these are these new signings are pretty talented like i like what i'm seeing from them but the the kind of overriding thing for at least the first like maybe hour or so for me was we looked good at first created a few chances didn't score and it looked very kind of what we've been used to seeing, which is we we, we start well, we, we kind of get deflated a little bit, the other team get into the game and it's like, right, um, all of these like nice little actions and these good ball progressions and everything actually did not really result in a great deal of, of clear-cut chances um, or shots on goal at first. Um, and I think that that changed when we saw more players come in like Party and ESR. But at first I was just like, ah, oh, We've got our players back, and we're still just putting in crosses. So I wasn't really impressed um, with the with the tactics, with the yeah. way we were I like the team, and I didn't like the tactics, and that's. How I, I, I tend to be on that same kind of school of thought because, and I said that in the raw reaction show later in the, in the day that whilst I was happy to see the players back, and I could see some differences, especially from the first two games. The problem for me is still this absence of a clear style that I I just am struggling to you know really back this idea and I want to like, I really want to get on on board with the, the the Arteta train again I would love to be back in a situation where I'm tweeting hashtag trust the process after every single win I'm not back there at this stage and I do need read read trust trust the the process get back on yes yes and that's the thing is we encourage people to change their minds and it may be that I, I get back on the Arteta train if things go well but and and you should be in a position where you don't like live and die by the sword of a coach just because you like them or not. Oh, and I feel like you want to come in on this, so go on. Oh, no, I just thought it was funny that you actually let Mike get away with saying we twist the process. He was like something out of the Looney Tunes there. But um, <laughs> no, look, look, Take that, you try. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, no, what I was going to say is that uh, I, I, like you, look, you know me, I, I, I never hold back on, on my opinions of the manager and the lack of style that we've seen over the past 18 months. Um, but what I will say is, for me, when I look at a game, I understand that this, here comes the buzzword, the process, it takes time. You can't expect everything to change immediately. And for me, there, there was certain steps in the right direction taken tactically throughout that performance. I think, uh, as I mentioned before, our pressing was very good, not only closing down the ball, but um, I think 
the tactical awareness to close off the channels was much more impressive than I've seen under Teta at any stage, I think. Um, I think as well the high line, uh, but that's again down to personnel, um, the ability of uh, Ben White and Gabrielle to recover uh, enables us to have that higher line. And not only that as well, whilst I don't think the football was silky or nice, I think that for us to have 30 shots on goal, which if I'm right, that's the most shots we have had in the league um, in, in a match since December 2017, which is astonishing. But 30 shots on goal, something we have complained massively about is the creativity. But I think that you can only go into each match looking for maybe one to two major improvements. And for me, there, there was that. And again, I'm not saying that's down to Mikel Arteta. I'm not saying that this has been done on the training pitch over that two-week break. For me, you can't just sample one match and say that there's been an improvement. I need to see that over the course of maybe another three, four, five, six games before I can turn around and say, right, well, Mikel Arteta is doing something right uh, to counteract the mistakes that we've been making in the past. Mm. Mike, would you want to come in? Yeah, well, I, I just want to know, like, like is there... Finish. Oh, French, you're, you're, you're buzzing in and out for a connection-wise. <laughs> I could tell you wanted to come in, but we heard about three of your words. I was just, I was just sputtering. I was like, oh, oh. that's what it was. Um, oh, okay. It wasn't actually yeah, a connection thinking, problem. It was just, <laughs> it was just French stuttering. <laughs> it's a connection problem between brain and mouth. It wasn't an internet thing. Go ahead, man. I was like, do, I, do I be rude and just plow through? Uh, <laughs> I went to finish like um, my thoughts on the reaction because at the end of the day, <laughs> a win changes a lot, you know? And that's how I was feeling in the first kind of um, 60 minutes of the game. But when you saw a few more good players come on, like ESR and Party, and you started to see um, some more kind of central directness in our passing and, and more kind of just quality in, in on the play, you, you started to see the kind of um, the seeds of what obviously Arteta wants to do. I think in terms of the style of play, that it's fairly obvious until the final third. I think that's where it kind of loses me. In terms of the build-up, you know, we, we're quite consistent in Tierney going forward and our right-back, whoever it is, drops in and we kind of have a free and then, you know, we build up with the five and then five behind. And it's and it's with with a kind of a lopsided attack on the left. And, and I think that's that works until we get to the end. And I think in terms of XG overall, in the match, it looked good. Um, like I said, there was a lot of good chances that we made, even if we didn't really convert them. So... It's like a state of apprehension for me at this point. At first, I was I was just like, okay, it's the same old thing. And then I started to see, like you said, the, the better quality defenders means that we can be a bit more expansive and not be so worried about getting countered. We were fairly solid defensively, despite it didn't really feel that way. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, like we said, what's going to happen next? You know, what, what what's the arsenal that we're going to see? Is it going to be a, a run of games that we can string a few wins together? Because that's normally what he needs to do to get any kind of faithful confidence. But yeah, at the moment, I, it, there's a bit of apprehension. Like I'm waiting to see what happens next. Well, I think we've seen now that that you know the quality of player makes a big difference. We we you know we saw what improved personnel and higher skilled players are capable of doing versus what we put out there in the first three games of the season. I mean, I hate that you know that we're constantly short in the first two or three games of the season, whether it's because of transfer window or because of injuries or COVID or whatever the reason ends up being, but. You know, it always seems that we're dealing with that, but you can't argue that when 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 our, when Partey's on the pitch instead of Jaka, when Lakanga's on there instead of Eldeni, I mean, they, when when White and Gabriel, which is a partnership that I think is really really going to be something special, are on there instead of Holding and Mari or or Chambers and Mari, whatever it is, 
we're going to see a better play. So my question though is, where did trust the process actually start? Like, what is the what is the origin story of that? I was like the chicken on the egg. Did it start from the club? (laughs) Did it start from the club, or did it start from people basically taunting the club? I mean, like, because a process, you know. That was a mistake if it came from the club because the process will always be criticized the moment that it doesn't seem to work, and then it'll be it's hard to actually, you know, to to promote that as being a process on a week to week basis. So, mm. where did that? I mean, Tom, do you know where that started? Did it come from the club? Or did it come I'm from just, you? Or where? Gonna, <laughs> I've done a quick Google, uh, and Arsenal have like tweeted that they officially tweeted back in July of 2020. Oh, um, no. Trust the process. Um, in fact, I'll share my screen with you so you can see it. Uh, yeah, see if that if that's <laughs> if that's the case. That's emoji as well. <laughs> yeah, if, if if that if that kind of phraseology came from the club originally, mm-hmm. um, so this would have been what right like that's in July advance of the FA Cup final or something like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose so. Oh, yeah, I imagine it was just oh, was it after the, the the FA Cup final or before? I'm not sure. Um, What's the date on scro- it? I was going to scroll down then, and then realized I better not scroll down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if that's if that's if that's from July, I think it's actually before the FA Cup final because of go. when uh, you know how how delayed it was. But yeah, if that comes from the club, it's a bit it, you know again, it's another messaging error on the on behalf of the club because you have you I mean you've now invited. A phrase to be mocked, and and, but, and that's but exactly what this, this is. The well, but come on, but <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the process they're talking about. If there's any process, it's a four year process. So to be talking mm. about it on a week by week basis is, you know, the is, club don't know, do they? Like it's, it's the fans. It's, it's people like me that, that do that. It's the club. The last time I heard the process mentioned by Arteta was like during this summer. Um, because I think no, I think it was in after this maybe after the Chelsea games. I think he got questioned on it in in a press conference where someone said like, "Is it like?" I think he said something along the lines, "It's, it's not the time to talk about the process. We need to focus on like the the situation we're in now." Um, it's look. The thing about it is that I'm very much aware of the fact that Arteta, I never think, is going to bring you short term success. I don't think Eddie's going to bring you short term success. I don't think Arsenal are going to bring short term success. I think that. I, I'm lent more towards the change of coach, even though I realise that Arteta is reliant upon a, a long process to kind of get where he would like things to be, because the short term has become so bad that it's it's not in a in a place where I'm comfortable. I mean, I remember sitting and talking to both of you back in what was it winter time of 2020? Um, yeah, like start of 2021, where things were awful. We were like, we lost at home to Burnley after we said we can't lose at home to Burnley, and then we did. And like that, that period was the lowest, the low. And I was still keeping the faith, I think mostly blindly. Um, but it, now it's got to the end of last season where things changed with the Villarreal elimination to Unai Emery of all people. And in that moment, that changed everything. But for me, now it's. If we move on from this, we broke down the game quite a lot in the Royal Reaction Show. So we tend to kind of look forward with these podcasts and talk about kind of where and what we've seen can help us to that next level. And Owen, you mentioned kind of having the players back from injury, having Tomiyasu coming in, these additions. I mean, Lukonga had to go off, as did Tomiyasu, because both of them weren't yet fully fit. I think uh, Lukonga had half a training session. Tomiyasu had a day and a half. If that's what we've seen from them, we can surely expect, based on that evidence, a big step up then to to the next weekend game. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, 
as fans, it's very easy to get sort of uh, dazzled by some of the names and, and links that are thrown about throughout the transfer window. But for me, it was never about big names or anything like that. I think that something that Tommy Asu has shown us is that maybe at times, I think, it's part of the fans' problem too that we become too attached and too loyal to players where sometimes it's 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 completely fine and it isn't negative. And some people would say to turn around and say that these options aren't good enough, we need somebody else. And Tommy Asu came in and immediately had an impact. And and what I love about him <clears throat> is that there's no bells and whistles with the guy. He uh he's very physical, very basic on the ball. But he's very efficient and to me he seems like somebody very tactically smart i had some concerns as to how long it would take tommy asu to adopt to the premier league simply because syria mm. is a much more low intensity league it's it's, it's less physical than, than the premier league uh but but he seems he looks to me like somebody who's been playing in the in the premier league for his entire career Um, he looks absolutely brilliant but um so something as well that i think we all maybe had misconceptions about was the fact that these nonsense reports of um, unknowledgeable people on Sky Sports spewing off that he's really a centre-back, that he that he isn't really even a right-back. And and so I think a lot of us sort of thought that, Jesus, this guy's just going to never pass the halfway line. And there he was almost doing a, a Cedric Suarez special and, and banging <laughs> in a volley on his nor, uh, debut. On his Norwich debut. Yeah, that was Van Persie-esque against It was. was yeah. Flawless stuff. But... <laughs> Again, and then to move on to Lukanga, I think we have unlocked an absolute gem in this guy. I think that if Granit Xhaka returns after his suspension and, and makes his way immediately back into that team, that that is going to be a massive mm. stain on Mikel Arteta's represent, uh, uh, reputation with our fan base. Absolutely. Um, well, and, and it'll be for the derby. I mean, that it, it, if we if he comes back and starts and, and, and plays poorly in the derby, my God. I don't yeah. want to be on any podcast for the week after that. That's a lie. Uh, that, <laughs> well, I've already booked myself on your. We don't get the spreadsheet anymore, so I can't do that. Oh, Raf texted me earlier on today. He was like, where's the spreadsheet? And I was like, I don't, I don't even know my rotor. Like trust, trust the spreadsheet. Trust the spreadsheet. Well, I've been able to make a spreadsheet. I might have to do it bi-weekly, like, because I, I genuinely don't know when I'm working next month yet. So it's, it's a case of when I get my rotor, I can then make a spreadsheet. Good, <laughs> so good problem to have. Yeah, too, being too busy is is the problem. Um, yeah, Mike Hernandez says the open mic pod will be great that day. Uh, if you aren't already tuning in after the shows, uh, both Mike and Owen run a open mic phone in, if you like, is another name for it, uh, where you can actually, you know, show up on the show and, and have your words spoken in your anger and your frustration or your delight, depending upon the result. Or, you know, even if it's a loss, some people like to be delighted with that. <laughs> so you never know. You might be able to get on there too. French, um, what's interesting about kind of how we played yesterday was a tactical shift that seems to be really noticeable from the point that Thomas Partey came on uh, and Maitland-Niles shifted to right back. We changed from this 4-2-3-1 system into more of the 4-3-3 that Arteta has been talking about a lot, seeing kind of Partey play slightly deeper and then having the likes of Erdogan and Smith-Rowe as kind of dual number eights and working together. Do you have faith that that's kind of something that can be utilised in the long term? Or does you think just Partey being there or Lukonga, whoever he chooses to go with, would leave us more exposed? Uh, I think it's like a tool for the job, right? Um, I, I, it's pretty clear that this manager, I think, isn't doesn't have one formation that he just only uses. Um, 
he hasn't made the best selection with them, <laughs> but it's. It, it, I think that sometimes it's good to go to a three at the back if you're if you're facing like a, a Chelsea. Um, sometimes it's going to be you know important to have that kind of solidity in the midfield to have the double pivot with um with a team like uh, like maybe with City for example where they're going to try and just play around the middle and you don't really want to give them that space. And then with, you know when you're playing against your Norwiches and you play against your your teams that might play a little bit of football. Um, but you feel quite confident that you can outplay them. Yeah, go for the four fee free. Get, make sure you can get one more player kind of going forward. And I think um, Partey is someone that we've um, he's able to do both, isn't he? I mean, even though he was a bit deeper, he he still provided you know that that split and pass through to Saka, which which led to the goal eventually. Um, so I think we're well set up to be able to use a few different formations. Um, I think with the four, the the four two three one will probably be what we'll see the most often. Um, but yeah, I I think the four three three is a, is a good tool to switch to. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was it was nice to see because I think the main question for me really is can he get us attacking properly? Can he coach an attack, so to speak? It's um it's been the question for a little while, and and now that he's got the players in, and we're starting to see a little bit more fluidity. I think the the link up between ESR and Pepe is really interesting. I think mm. that's one to watch. Um, it, it kind of jumped off the screen for me in, even in preseason. Um, and at the, I think at the end of last season, they started to play together a bit more. And um, they're, they're both just really technical players. They both sent, well, ESR can play other side, but on that, mm. on that right side, he links up really well with whoever's there. And I think Pepe needs that kind of wall, that kind of quick pass uh, back and forth so he can do things quickly without having to think too much, without having too much time on the ball. And yeah, it's the main question for me going forward is, can Arteta get this attack working properly? See, see just on that, sorry, just to add with the 4-3-3. The the, the, it's, it's fine. I wasn't apologizing to you, Tom. I was apologizing to French. Um, sorry, French. <laughs> um, no, but what I was going to say is that... Um, the the four two three one well it's probably the most robust and and most simple system that you can play in football i think that what it does is i think it also encourages a negative approach to the game if you're not careful with it i mm. think that um when you have a sole striker up front who isn't really physically able to hold the ball up and bring those wide players into play well those wide players are going to naturally look for for other bodies other players to link up with and they often come from the two deep line centre midfielders, and I think that that is slightly the. the I think that the the four two three one, whilst it isn't the system's fault, but it sort of is. <laughs> it, it, it it encourages to consistently play out wide, and for the wingers to have to come too deep to receive the ball if you don't have that sort of um, hold up player playing up front, which we seemingly don't. Mm. I agree with you. I think that it's it is always going to be. As French talked about as well, kind of uh, the right tool for the right job. Um, we we need to be more offensive against sides like Norwich. We need to look to dominate those games. And if you want to play with a pivot of two number eights, like a Smith or an Odegaard together, and play someone in behind them, that's fine. I, I'd rather see Partey positioned slightly further advanced, because I think, and I, we've probably all seen the video now of, of the goal that we scored, and somehow Pepe got the ball across. But prior to that move, the pass from Partey from the left-hand side, I think it was into Bakaya Saka, was so crucial to that move. And that type of pass has been lacking from our team for so long without Partey being there. And that's the difference that he provides. While Xhaka forces the ball out into wider areas, 
Partey ensures that we attack those central positions with those incisive passes, and we desperately need more of that. Lukonga also brings those types of passes too, which I really like. And something I noticed, Mike, yesterday, uh, again, not yesterday, Saturday, um, was the fact that we we really tried to hit Norwich like cold at times. We, we tried to catch them with kind of these deep through balls. One from Tierney went in behind for a Bamiyang Hill. I don't know why he took the shot so early, but he yeah. did. And there was a couple more where we tried to pass through and get players kind of running in behind one-on-one, one-on-two sort of situations. Do you think that's do you think that's a coaching tweak in the sense that we're, we're trying to build up too slowly and they're trying to do things quicker? Or is it just the players taking it on themselves? To be I, 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 I would tend to think it's the players taking it on themselves because coaching you'd normally think would be like, you know, way too focused on the build up and a, and a strategy of, of matriculating the ball up the pitch as, as, uh, mm. as someone in the States used to say on, uh, <laughs> for, for American football. I don't know what even, what even that's supposed to mean, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a play, you know, player's vision thing where some players have that vision others don't, but it's funny that you asked me that question. Cause I was literally with all this four, two, three, one and four, three, three thing. I mean, God knows that's not my expertise. I, I see us give up a lot of goals where the other team's Goal, goalkeeper just punts the ball really far. It goes over our head, and the and the striker scores. So I think we, that's what we need to do. Just the old route one stuff. Uh, you know, forget all this uh, this strategic formation. Just put everyone in the middle, and then just boot it. But that's but actually no. really that's actually a really good point, Mike. Because in a lot of ways, I think a lot of the time we 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 get sucked into this thing of of systems and tactics and formations when. Really, when you strip football down to, to its bare bones, it's it's very simple. If you have 11 players on the pitch, if more of your players are winning their personal battles against their opposite number, then you're probably going to do better and win the game. And, and for me, that's what we did better. It's that Tommy Asu outperformed um, his his uh, op- opponent, um, or, or defenders handle pookie you know the, it's it's very simple it goes down to individual battles that accumulate to make a team's performance good or bad and, and for me that was the difference this time the intensity was better the performances were better yeah i mean i i, I use tact, tactical idiocy as sorry french i, I use tactical idiocy as kind of a, a, a you know support mechanism because i really don't know the game in, in as much detail as the vast the vast majority of people that i uh you know that i'm on podcasts with but I like the fact that you just, I mean, it, it isn't always about that. It, it, it's just about the feel and the vision. And we can't be a team that has to, con- we've always been accused of trying to walk the ball into the net. We, we tend to try to do that in the middle third of the pitch as well. Now we try to walk the ball into the final third. And sometimes you just got to really just see an opportunity and take it, even if it doesn't fit the mold of what you're trying to do on the training pitch. I was going to say, and I know with, with I don't want to take it to too high, like kind of tactical level, but I think the main difference that we did in the last game was we did one of those things where the ball kind of goes into the net thing. <laughs> like a go out. I don't know. I, I think do more of those. Yeah, yeah that, I can, that I can understand. That noise where it hits the net, like, like that, I... I long for that, that noise. Yeah. I've waited but, for so long to hear that. But you, you, hit the, you hit the nail on the head there, um, Tom, which is that the we haven't progressed the ball quick enough through midfield. And and what I really loved, and this was from the back to the front, the three people I would pick out in particular were, were Ben White, Lakanga, <clears throat> and Martin Odegaard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what, the, what they did was 
so often we see Arsenal, oh, that's the easy pass. He is in an open position. He's the most open player, so I'm going to pass the ball to him. But but they didn't. Usually are writing in this private chat, and it's freaking me out and get really uh, unconfident <laughs> myself now. And, um, anyway, yeah, no. We weren't playing the right pass or the most simple pass all of the time. We were taking risks. And football is a game where you have to take a risk to get the rewards. You know, ga- games are won on moments where you don't take the easy option you take the most creative and expressive option. And for me, those three players were the absolute difference makers in terms of progressing the ball um, a lot quicker than we have seen um, recently. Let's, uh, oh, French, I know you wanted to come in briefly, so uh, go for it, fella. No, uh, that, that, that was it. I'm just making the point. Oh, you just wanted to go like that in the chat, was that? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I just wanted to go, oh, yes, I like that point. <laughs> Talk to me French is lastly before we go into the questions in the chat box because I know that we've got about 20 minutes or so left so if you have got a question guys throw it into the chat box use the capital Q to help them stand out and we'll go for as many as possible the main kind of thing we haven't really talked about is another new addition to the side uh, who was Aaron Ramsdale um, started over Leno obviously was a brave choice for Mikel I think it is brave Leno is the starting goalkeeper it's a league game Nine goals conceded in three matches, bottom of the table, changing goalkeeper to the guy that you signed for £24 million and you specifically pushed for us to sign uh, and how correct he was in that decision. And are you confident in seeing Ramsdale as our number one going forward? Um, I mean, it was a great start for him. Uh, he didn't have to do too much. I think there was a couple of shots, maybe one shot on target that he saved. Uh, commanded the box pretty well. It was nice to just see him just yell a lot and, and tell people what to do. You know, it's kind of like a simple soft factor, but it's always nice to see a, a keeper who's able to command his box. Um, and I, some of the passes that he, were, he was making, I think they were mostly very simple short passes. He made a few deeper into the field um, and he just looked quite confident, quite happy to be there. You could tell that a lot of people who were really hating on the move are probably turning around a little bit because he's quite a likable character as well. Um, whether or not confidence see him go forward, we really haven't seen enough of him under pressure to say, but I, I like him and I'm happy with the change. I do think that Leno was really good when he first came, um, when he was facing 30 shots a game under Emery. It seemed like maybe he's one of those kind of keepers who needs to be busy. I don't know. that um, When he has a bit less to do, maybe he's a bit more prone to an error. Uh, we, he, he was really good for us. And I'm seeing a lot of people like kind of dunk on him and just slander him as a way of propping up Ramsdale, which I don't really think is necessary. He, he did a lot of really good stuff for us, made some incredible saves. But for me, I'm, I'm happy to see a new face in there. Um, I do think it was time to move on from him. Uh, and, and the quotes that then Ramsdale's coming out with in the media is so kind of different to what, uh, what Leno's saying, right? Like, I need to fight for this shirt. I need to uh, keep being, you know, really strong. Whereas Leno, when Martinez left, was just, I am the number one. I will be the number one. And look how that's worked out for you, mate. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's nice to see someone who kind of knows they need to fight for that. And it just seems to be leaving everything on the pitch. But whether he's good enough to be our main guy going forward, well, um, He's obviously highly rated coming in, but for Arsenal, we, we haven't really seen enough to say yet. Well, and the four the four players playing in front of Ramsdale yesterday, or <laughs> yeah, now I'm doing it on Saturday, <laughs> um, were not the four players that I mean, if if that's our back line and they and they really do gel as quickly as we all hope they do and stay healthy as much as we all want them to, that's going to make a massive difference for whoever's in net. But 
when we when we signed Leno, I remember hearing from the from the Drew Thompsons of the world who uh, who watch Bundesliga <laughs> who? while they're sleeping. <laughs> um, I, I remember hearing that you know he's a guy. I think it was Drew because the guy's German, so I just assume it was Drew. Um, that you know the guy is a great shot stopper, but the more time he has to make to think of something, the more you know the more mistake prone he is. And that's exactly what we've seen from him for what is it three seasons now. Um, you know, so that was a good scouting report, and that's exactly what we've had, and we can't afford to have that. Can, can, uh, we, so, can we can we all say as well, um, <clears throat> just to wish Pookie's family well, um, and hopefully that they find him soon because uh, Mr. Aaron Ramsdale absolutely sent him to the shops and he hasn't now, been seen since. Now, if that went bad, though, would the whole narrative be that Ramsdale is crap and not – I mean, if he had basically not pulled that move off and and Pookie got a got a touch to it and then and then put it in the net, I mean, we the whole narrative would be different. So, yes, he pulled off a very, very cheeky move. Um, but, uh, but, you know, but that just builds his confidence further. I mean, I, I think the job is his to lose. I think it should be his to lose. I think Leno is a fine backup goalkeeper, uh, for us now. And, and for the next three months or the next, or the next four months or the next nine months, he'll, that's what he'll Mm be. Um, you know, I feel comfortable with him going in, in a, in a, in a cup game. I'd feel comfortable with him going in if Ramsdale gets hurt. But, uh, you know, I think this team, suddenly is playing more confident in front of Ramsdale and uh, we have to let that play out. I, I wouldn't go switching it back next week to, to Leno. I certainly hope not. Let's go into the chat box then for the last 15 minutes or so and go through as many of your questions as we can. There are quite a few guys. So if we can try and keep these answers short and sweet, that'd be great. Let's go with French for the first one. Mo Fowler has said, uh, remember Tierney's West Brom goal in the snow. Why doesn't he try that more often? That was pure instinct. That was purely the snow, like kind of going into his veins. The, the ice cold temperatures just brought him down to sub zero. Tierney is a different animal. All right. <laughs> we need to just play in Sweden more often and, and things like that. And we'll see those kind of goals more often. Yeah, I was going to say the snow is the issue there, not the, you know, yes. not him trying that. I mean, when, when's the last time it's snow? machines on the yeah. side. Right? <laughs> <laughs> become a ski resort. The Everett ski resort. Before, before every game, just slap him in a freezer. <laughs> yes uh, i've never heard such a strange suggestion um Vashad says, it's man management uh, i mean if the guy was worth his salt he'd be you know tyranny would come out in an ice cube and be placed on the left side of the uh, just thought i wouldn't over freeze, the warm up uh, Vashad says owen do you think emil smith rowe should be used as a bull progressor um, Mike's desperate to think of a joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna give a, a, a decent answer whilst he thinks of that. Um, yeah, I, I I think of Emil Smith Rowe in in the sort of Jack Grealish mold more than a, a, a look at him in like the Martin Odegaard role. Where to me, he isn't that much of a sophisticated passer that's gonna split the lines on a regular basis. But for me, he's somebody who will pick the ball up, drive at people, cause mistakes, and 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 really. Uh, force his way into the box. That for me, that's the type of player he is. I think that Emil Smith Rowe's future will lie in a wide position, um, on whatever side that is. I'm not sure, but uh, for me, I don't think he has the attributes to play that number ten position. Ironically, as he got that number, and I don't think that he has the um, physical uh, physical capabilities to play in that number eight role either. Unless, as you say, it's in a. Ju- it's in two number eights ahead of a number six, but if he's, uh, I'm not sure he's well suited to play at the base of a midfield. 
Uh, Mike Alexander Klapov says, would you sell Xhaka in January and bring in Neves or Basuma? I would sell Xhaka in January and bring in Owen. I mean, <laughs> I, I would just sell Xhaka in January. I mean, bringing in Neves and Basuma would be a, a, a wonderful bonus, but it's like, would you, you know, move in with a supermodel and have other supermodels come to the house to visit? Sometimes? I mean, like, <laughs> the answer is yes. Fair enough. Venkatesh has asked, French, what's your view on those people who say we shouldn't judge Pepe on his 72 million price tag and then criticize Ben White and Ramsdale even when they haven't played a single game for us? By the way, what's your view on Pepe? This is such a specific question. It's like someone's... Venkatesh, you've been in a Twitter beef, haven't you? Like, <laughs> He's going to clip this and send it over to the first, unless, the, unless what you say, French, goes completely against what he's been arguing. Right. You, um, you, his future is in your hands right now, Fred. He construct this question. Um, I, I, first of all, agree that we shouldn't judge a player by their price tag. They don't pick it. It's not even what they earn. That's down to the clubs. Venkatesh is smiling now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, who, yeah, in this specific argument, whoever done that is an idiot. Obviously, that's super critical. But generally speaking, you should be ashamed of themselves. What, 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 what if it's him? What if it's him? No, no, because he said that he said those people who say that. that. So those I think we. people. Right? Yeah, <laughs> who are these people? Like, my friend has an STD. Maybe it's like one of those. But no. It is like, yeah, those people, those idiots over there say that. I don't know who they are. But, what about um, the most disgusting reference on this podcast would not come from me? <laughs> no, no. It's been a while, guys. Yeah. We haven't spoken in a while, have we? Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying no, to think I, of I a sensible thing for STD now. <laughs> what could it stand for? I wonder what it could stand for. <laughs> I don't think you should judge any players by their price tag. I, let them judge them by their performances. I think if Pepe had cost like 30 million, Everyone would say, "Yo, this this guy is pretty good," but because he costs seventy-two, he's you know always going to be judged by that higher expectation. What I what I think about him, um, I think he's our most threatening goal scorer outside of our strikers. I think in the game against Norwich, even though he had a lot of bad touches, he was very frustrating to watch. He was still consistently threatening and and penetrating the opposition. So, yeah, I, I think. Um, it's up to the system for me, it's up to Arteta to a degree to be able to get him closer to goal where I think he's most effective. I don't think we want to see him trying to build up play. I think we want to see him in and around the box because that's where he's devastating. Good stuff. Uh, try and get in your Arsenal podcast name suggestions that would work with the acronym <laughs> STD as quick as you can. Uh, Sire says, uh, Owen, word is marquee, centre midfielder and centre forward are next. Who would your two be? Um, right, okay. So, really, I have absolutely... We're no in September, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, I've just got over this nonsense, but uh, I'll jump oh. back into it anyway. Um, but uh, I really don't understand why we didn't go for Eves Basuma. I really, really don't. I think he is exactly what we need at Arsenal. Um, and the fact that he was so available, um, if we're if we're if I believe what we're led to believe, um, and the fact that we had been rejected for Locatelli as well, meant that the money was there. Why they didn't go for him, I'm not sure. Um, mm. so that would be my number one pick for for uh, central midfield, center forward. I'm actually going to suggest someone that you suggested originally, and originally I wasn't really that up for it. I didn't really. Look, like the suggestion I, I didn't think it would be a great fit but the more i look at him the more i've watched him the more i've seen him develop is uh, dominic calvert lewin 
I think it would be costly, but somebody like that, I think he fits the process that we're trying to adhere to. Uh, let's uh, jump to a, a bit of a left field question from <clears throat> Liam Costello, Mike, who says, Hi, gents. Do we think that Bayern Munich are a better side than any of United, Chelsea, City and Liverpool? I think they might no. be better than Liverpool, but not the other three. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm going to let somebody else jump in because uh, I'm only <laughs> after answering a question. But the last two Champions League finals have been played, haven't they? By... Uh, Chelsea, 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 and, <laughs> Chelsea and, no, Chelsea and City, and 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 then the other one was Bayern and, and PSG. No, and Liverpool, right? But that's so that's two. Uh, Bayern, two, Bayern were in the other didn't, one. Didn't, but, didn't, no, listen, didn't listen, Bayern beat PSG? Listen, <laughs> listen, it's two out of the last three have been. Two, I think we. Uh, look, and the other one was won by Bayern Munich. <laughs> oh, yeah, the question Shut is: up. Are Bayern better than any one of those four? Just one of those? Anyone? No, not now. French, no. what do you think? Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I think Hansi Flick made that team incredible. Um, I I think with like um, the way I, a lot of their best players are kind of getting up there. And right now, I wouldn't say that they're better than... Uh, maybe, maybe United. I don't really rate United. With Ronaldo and Pogba and Fernandez. And uh, not in terms of... Talking, what are we talking about? Player quality or ability right. to win things? Because if we're talking ability to win things, United haven't won anything in about four years. So all this player quality is great. It depends what... <laughs> so this is a whole different discussion. What does better mean, right? <laughs> in terms of actually winning question. things, winning you know how we, I don't think you, they're better than United. You That's know how we could we could have found this out? The, the, if, like if, if someone would just come up with like the, like the some sort of super type of league... Uh, where all the players, all the teams <laughs> that were really good, and you know, and 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 Arsenal and Spurs would be in this in this league, then then we could have found out. I don't think that they're better than all of them. I don't. Th- I think maybe they could. Comp- maybe Liverpool. Can uh, I add, can I add one no. point to that as well? Before, because I know you have loads of questions there. Look, and I'll say this: we, uh, as a league, not as a football team, but as fans of the Premier League, undervalue our players so much. There's a reason that when players leave the Premier League and go to leagues such as the French League or, or Serie A or the Bundesliga or La Liga, why they often turn out to be some of the best players in those leagues. Yet the imports into the Premier League, a lot of the time, even significantly high-profile um, incomings into the Premier League, often flop in comparison to the to, to the reversal. So for me, I think that we overva- uh, overvalue the quality of players in other leagues and undervalue the quality of players within our own. Well, because they look better in the context of their own leagues where, where there's teams are maybe four or five teams deep, if that, whereas in the Premier League, it, it's 18 to 19 teams deep every year. And and so I think you're right. I mean, playing in the Premier League is very much like, you know, like swinging a bat with, with, a, with an extra weight on it. And then when you go to swing the bat without the extra weight on it, which is going, you know, when Di Maria goes back to, to France to play after a horrible spell at United, the the weights are off and you can actually play better. So I, I fully agree with Owen, but French does not. So he wants to tell you his They won the Champions League. Like, that's <laughs> 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 the Europa League final. Like, there's, you know, I mean, it's kind of mad. But that was, dur- that was during COVID, though, French. You know, yeah, they, they, uh... that doesn't count. Yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, that that was purely. I think it's a good. I think it's a good question. It's not as it's not as out of left field as being ridiculous. Like, as like Owen Vinkitesh is making it to. earlier on, that question was purely to win an to solve argument. an argument. We're more than happy to oblige. It's the new. It's the new, it's the new Twitter poll. It's just asking a user question in yeah. Tom's podcast. It's the new section of the podcast. Come to the podcast with your grievances of Twitter feuds, and we will settle them for you. That's, that's we will settle. Them in your favor, yes, that's what we're for money. Do. Um, we are uh, going to reluctantly wrap things up there. I know there's a lot of questions, guys. Unfortunately, we have run out of time uh, this evening. But if you are not bored of my face somehow, uh, you can continue to watch my thoughts over at the Arsenal Lounge starting at eight o'clock. I'm going to take a second to thank my amazing panel chat box. If you could show Owen a mic and French some love in the chat, we really would appreciate that. Make sure you go and check them out wherever they may be. They're going to tell you where they are right now. Well, not, not physically, of course, but Owen, have, I was about to say, how have you been? It's <laughs> <laughs> one long podcast in Arsenal game. That's all it is. Oh, yeah. I'm better now. I'm better now. That, uh, it's funny that you even get frustrated after um, uh, a win as an Arsenal fan because Twitter's oh, I can understand nonsense. it though because I think a lot of us were going into that Norwich game thinking we were going to smash them. I did. Yeah. I mean, I predicted five nil. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Well, if, if we beat them four nil though, and and then lost to Burnley next week, what, I mean, what what's the difference? It's just the the mm-hmm. level of victory doesn't really matter. But. No, but thanks for having me on as always, buddy. You can find me there at uh, Owen Young AFC on Twitter or at the Gunners Pod, um, where I basically try to bring some sense to what is an absolute. I don't know what it is. I'm not even sure anymore what we do. It's a big STD of a podcast. Short-term dominance. King, I'm going to answer your question quickly. Thanks to the Super Chairman. Should football uh, do more against violence and sexual abuse against women? Some footballer seems uh, to be so protected, like Robinho, CR7, Giggs, Berteng. I mean, I watched Tifo's video. I don't know if you guys watched it on the kind of the things facing Cristiano Ronaldo. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. It goes into a lot of detail about kind of the, the atrocities, I suppose is a good word to describe it, that he has against him. And it's, yeah, that, I mean, football that's, should do more ju- to do a lot of things. The justice system is completely flawed. That's mm. the, not football's oh, responsibility. Is, King, you've opened up yeah, a whole well, entire podcast there. Sorry, uh, we need John. It. We'll get John on. Yes, John John is the man for that conversation. You can tweet King. Uh, you can tweet John King uh, on Twitter at 305cast. Mike, thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to seeing you next month where we've spent all our money to have a two-course dinner together. And... Uh, <laughs> And I cannot, I, cannot, I cannot wait for that. I hope you all voted for the Gooner Talk for the best club creator, Gooners v. Cancer. It's it's too late now if you didn't, but uh, mm. check out Gooners v. Cancer on Twitter because uh, we we actually had a winner of a Lee Dixon jersey that uh, that was just announced prior to the beginning of this podcast, and uh, we got some great prizes on offer there for a very, very good cause. So please check it out, and then Owen will be on a podcast soon. Lovely stuff. French. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> uh, yeah, no problem at all. I mean, it'll be, it'll, sorry, French, I'm interrupting you after I've said your name. Um, <laughs> uh, if you haven't already, uh, I was about to say go and vote. You can't, as Mike said, but you know, just just go and watch the the finals if you can, and uh, and stay tuned. I think it's on the is it the 14th of October? It's the 14th of October. Uh, Tom and I will be near the front, near the stage, holding our head in our hands, watching other people win awards. Our will to pay for the most expensive <laughs> table. <laughs> there is oh dearie me 
We better be able to take that table I, I, home I, I, with us. No, I actually said to Mike, I said, thank God, when he told me how much it was, I said, thank God I didn't go. I could go to for a week to Spain for that. <laughs> Hold on. Is, is the Guna Crack not nominated for a... Oh, oh, no. <laughs> we better each be able to take home like like the table uh, that we're sitting on. <laughs> Like, for that price. Oh, honestly, yeah, half a bottle of wine, I believe. Um, French. <laughs> <laughs> for French. I would have spent another 300 quid on actual drinks that night, too. It's ridiculous. <laughs> thanks yeah. for coming on, mate. Appreciate it. Tell people they can find you. Yeah, it's been sweet, man. Yeah, French Guna 23. I'm going to have my own show coming soon as well. I'm Ooh. getting something started up. So The Ripple up. Salzburg of podcast creates another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, you're a feeder pod. That's all there is. I've got to shout out Chris Chris S in the chat as well for coming up with a nickname Tundra Tierney. It's genius. (laughs) Absolutely genius. But yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Brilliant stuff. No problem, French. You say you can find him at French Guna 23. You can find Magic Mike at the Gooners Pods, and you can find Owen in the middle of nowhere in Ireland somewhere, and also at Owen Young AFC on Twitter. You can find us at the Gooners Talk TV and myself at Tom Cantor Media. Lastly, please click the link in the description to go and subscribe to the brand new Arsenal channel, The Arsenal Way, in association with Reach and Football.London. You're going to see lots of new and exciting and different content coming your way on there if you're thinking it's just another Arsenal podcast shout out to Mike Hernandez in the chat box it is not just simply another Arsenal podcast it is a lot more and a lot of it's one that people will watch sorry (laughs) I'm sorry Mike I love you so much Mike I love you Oh, I had to do shade. that. I had to do that. The, the Congratulations on your on your son Owen. I'm just checking if it's got more subs without any videos than Guna Crack right now. <laughs> I still I still think I got more. I do. Probably do. To be fair, let me just refresh. Let's see what we're on. What are we on? Fifty nine. Let's go. <laughs> Jesus, uh, come on, surely. If you're watching more Arsenal podcasts, come on, more Arsenal podcasts. That's what we need. 27,000 that are watching this, please go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. I, I, I need you to, please. Um, thanks ever so much for tuning in, guys. Uh, if you've been watching on video and you want to listen to it again, audio only, it's going to be available on Spotify in about an hour's time. So make sure you go and check that out. You can watch this without having to look at our faces. We will see you tomorrow morning, or I rather will, at 8 a.m. for the latest Arsenal news update. Uh, but you can join me on the Arsenal Lounge in a couple of minutes time so make sure you follow us over there see you very very soon and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around and you've got a mcnuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfection order now on the mcdonald's app for your mcdelivery you in at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.